be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome you today on the UN International Day of Peace and it's also World Gratitude Day. So we could not have a better day for, for welcoming my guest to the show today, Miriam Delicado. Miriam and I have a, a wonderful uh, history together because we uh, did one of our first radio interviews, one of my very first and Miriam's actual first radio interviews together a few years ago now, and we've come a long way since then, Miriam. So wel- welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Peter. And yes, it's, it's always had a beautiful memory uh, of our meeting, so I'm very, very honored to be here today with you. Thank you. So why don't you begin by actually making some comments about the International Day of Peace and World Gratitude Day? Oh, how wonderful. Um, Well, I believe that uh, World Peace Day um, is is really what all of the the people around the world are um, striving for at this time, through spiritual understanding and through a collective unity that's taking place for people all over the planet. So, for myself, it's very, very interesting that we're speaking today because, of course, um, looking out from my personal self and the experiences that I've had, really what we're striving for is peace. And that is not only peace within, you know, no global wars and harmony, you know, but really peace within ourselves as well. So I think that Peace Day reflects all of the aspects of life, and uh, as we move along in the timeline of our existence, that it becomes more and more apparent uh, that we are striving for peace, and that we are doing so through individual actions and commitment to ourselves spiritually and physically. So I'm honored to be here today on such a beautiful day, joining the hearts of people. Thank you. And I also remember uh, in your book, um, you talked about gratitude and the importance of that. So just mention that as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, in, when we're talking about, when anyone's talking about something such as peace or global unity or consciousness, 
we have to have gratitude for the, the things that are around us. If we're not grateful for the food we have, the clean water, the, the family, the community, um, then we're actually not able to connect and uh, become part of this conscious world that we currently live in. And really, when I'm looking at the gratitude in my life, it's about um, it's about every single aspect of it. Even if something negative maybe enters into my life, I see it with gratitude at some point. Maybe not while it's happening, but at some point. And some of the things that have been happening on the planet recently have been really difficult for us as a collective whole, um, with earthquakes and all of these things that are taking place. But in fact, it is it is really in gratitude of awakening humanity even more that we need to pay attention and care for one another and have that peaceful coexistence with the earth and with each other. So it all ties in together. All of it ties in together. Well, I'm really, really grateful to have you on the show today at this critical time because I know you've got a very important message to give. And I'm always uh, interested uh, for our listeners to hear how people's awakening journey took place. And yours is a pretty amazing one. And I know this isn't the main focus of the show, but I would love for you to tell the, uh, the listeners a little bit about your original story going back, I guess, well, that's the beginning of your life, but particularly in 1988. So just tell us, tell us the story. Well, in 1988, I had a deeply spiritual moving experience that um, quite literally changed um, changed almost every single aspect of my life within a matter of three hours. And during this spiritual experience that I had, um, I was gifted uh, vast knowledge regarding the coexistence of life, and not just the coexistence of life as in plants, animals, human beings, but the coexistence of interdimensional worlds, of death, of, of life, the earth, um, many different uh, types of energies that are out in the universe itself, as well as the history of humanity, or just a really basic overview of the history of humanity and how we came to be, and also where humanity was um, walking towards, where we were all potentially moving towards. And in that message came warnings of how, you know, it was really a choice as to which path we would take in the future. Was it a path that was um, positive and uh, it, peaceful and in balance, or was it a destructive path? And how all, of, again, all of these things interrelated. So this deeply spiritual experience was actually, uh, you know, myself um, and three other adults and a child driving on a highway in northern British Columbia. And we had, uh, to make the story short, um, a UFO uh, came to the car that we were traveling in and continued to follow us for a number of hours. And once uh, we were finally, I guess, in a good place where no people were around and no cars were coming, we pulled over the car um, because we heard those messages in our minds to pull over the car. And a craft came down, landed on the road, and for three hours, uh, you know, I was with these beings. They walked towards the car. They 
took me by the hand. They led me down the road to a, a much larger craft that was there, um, a second craft. And it was there that I saw tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed beings um, who I recognized at the time. I was 22 years old. And I went on board this craft, and I was with them for three hours. And during that time, all of this information was not, it was not like, for example, watching a television. You watch a television, you see something on the TV, and you, you observe it. It was, if you're watching a car, someone racing a car on the TV, you're observing it. On the craft, instead of observing the car race, it was as though I was in the car and I was experiencing the car race. So this deeply, deeply, deeply affected me. And it is also one of the things that I know affects other people who have had these kind of experiences. And although there is a great deal of uh, conflicting information out there about whether or not these beings are good or bad or different, there is no question that the ones that I have contact with who talk about harmony with the earth and with the universal energies, talk about free will, they talk about um, spiritual growth, they talk about the freedom of humanity, they talk about respect and honoring the earth um, and enlightenment. These are all very positive things. So this is part of the message that uh, this story um, in the book Blue Start, I try to give a foundation to the real messages of what these these beings have been. Um, and they're, they're, that's where, where this spiritual experience came from. So Miriam, uh, that's a, just a good moment for you to let people know, because there will be some people who are really interested in this story, which is not the main focus of our talk today. But for those people that want to get the book, Blue Star Fulfilling Prophecy, how can they do that? Um, they can they can purchase it from my website, which is bluestarprophecy.com, and uh, I actually have it in um, hard copy as well as a PDF, which is, of course is a little less expensive for everyone. Um, and then it's also available on Amazon and so forth. But if they purchase it from my website, bluestarprophecy.com, it would be wonderful. Thank you, Peter. Oh, no, no problem at all, because you know, obviously I read the book some time ago and actually had a, uh, a look through again today, reminded me of our first interview, actually, and there's so much really neat stuff in there looking at it now, and, and of course, at that time, you went into detail about this whole adventure, which eventually led you to your connection with the indigenous peoples in the Four Corners region, so perhaps we should move forward from that experience to how, remarkably, that connected you with the indigenous elders in, uh, in the Four Corners region. Yes, this has been this has been the cornerstone of the entire contact that I had, which is the indigenous people, because there was an understanding that the indigenous people of the earth in the past world, um, in the prior world to this one, uh, they were a very they were very highly spiritual. Okay, they had great knowledge of the energies of the universe and how in this particular world that we're living in today, they play a key role in actually holding the energies of the universe in place, that their knowledge and their understanding of these energies has the ability to lead us um, down a, a, that spiritual path, um, the path of peace, the path of, uh, of harmony, 
and existence. And so there was a great deal that was, that was shared with me regarding this very key role that they play, especially in the planet today. Because as everyone is very aware, we have had a massive shift in consciousness, conceptual understanding, um, and physical changes that we've begun, at least, to create, uh, being more conscious about environmental issues, for example. And these the star beings actually shared how the indigenous communities around the world had knowledge that we, if we were ready to hear it, could assist in this process of global consciousness and change. And through that, I was specifically um, pushed, guided, whatever anyone chooses to say, to go to the Four Quarters region in the United States. And of course, um, I didn't know why. Uh, there was a lot of connection there. It's in the book. Um, and there was a lot of connection there to the land. But when I did go through that particular area, and I, oh my goodness, I think it was like 15 years later, um, I have to read my own book again, Peter. <laughs> 2003, Miriam. <laughs> 2003, thank you. It was in 2003, and uh, when I went through that area, uh, when I saw elders or men, let's say, I'm not going to say elders, but men, um, Hopi men, just sitting in a cafe, it was like a psychic flash, and all of that information that the ETs had given me came into my mind and I understood <clears throat> that the Hopi people um, were one of the, the, the key um, people on the planet, groups of people on the planet from the indigenous culture that were going to play a role in the future. And so at that time, of course, I knew nothing about the Hopi. And through that, it's become a stepping stone to, of course, other indigenous peoples. And in fact, uh, I don't study indigenous people. I don't study their prophecies or, you know, their history or anything along those lines. I really rely on the guidance of spirit and creator and, and the guidance of these beings um, through dreams and visions and sometimes just hearing the message in my head all of a sudden, um, which doesn't happen every day, uh, but it does happen still. I still have contact with these beings. And I get led to go to certain places, do certain things, like, um, okay, all of a sudden I have the urge to travel to, you know, New York, and I don't know why. And then I go to New York and I'll meet someone that has contact with specific people and um, that are important to the indigenous movement or to the movement of, of consciousness and unity. So the indigenous of the world today are actually very much... Um, an important aspect to this understanding that we have. So Miriam, we're actually coming up to our first break, so I'm going to pause there, and when we come back, I really look forward to hearing you uh, telling us about this important connection with the Indigenous peoples uh, and the future and the message that they have. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. I'd like to refer you to my website, www.petertung.com. All sorts of information there about what we're doing in the world at the moment. My last newsletter was full of great information in, in what we're doing. And also to www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the work that we're doing with the Ambassadors of Light program, creating a chalice of light for like-minded people across the planet and how we can be part of this uh, great gathering, which Miriam is going to be talking about uh, shortly. But Miriam, one of the questions I have for you is, is a, a white woman from Canada, knowing nothing about indigenous peoples, uh, how did you um, get their confidence? How did, they, how did they get trust for you? Well, uh, <laughs> that's the story, really, isn't it? Um, well, what happened in... in respect to the Hopi is that I went a second time in 2004 and I was sent up to an elder because I was talking about not about ETs and aliens and getting you know going on board a UFO but I talked about the visions and I talked about the experience um, through visions and dreams okay and uh, then I was sent to an elder in Hopi and it was just through sharing more of this information that was told and shown to me that there was a peak of interest and I didn't necessarily sit down and talk about aliens when I got there and I still don't. Uh, it is more about the energies of the universe and, and about the collective whole and when I say the collective whole, Peter, I'm talking about the collective whole of everything that exists. I'm not just talking about humanity, I'm talking about everything. And when it comes to that kind of an understanding, what I have found is not just with Hopi, but with others as well, is that knowledge that, the, that these beings shared is, you know, it's really almost identical. And so one doesn't have to go and talk to an indigenous culture about aliens, and we don't have to go and talk about uh, love and light, and we don't have to talk about these things, because it, we're, when we're doing that, we're only talking about a, a part of a language. The, the bigger language is the universal energies of life, and that's the language that we all are striving to speak, understand, and take in and be able to share. 
So it is this uh, goal that really it, we are all striving for, to find the right um, understanding between cultures and people and, and countries and you know, belief systems. Because we're all really and have been talking about the same thing, using different words and descriptions in order to all reach the same place. Well, this conscious awakening with the indigenous people as well, with this newfound interest in the indigenous people, is because we as a collective whole on the planet, who are, quote, would be considered non-indigenous in some way, you know, again, it's, if you look at the whole thing, we're indigenous to the earth, but let's not take it that far. Um, the collective whole of humanity is awakening to their spiritual understanding within, and as a result, they're recognizing either consciously or subconsciously that the indigenous communities of the earth already have this knowledge. So that's where we're at right now, Peter. And that's why their role is so important. Absolutely. And, but there's also great challenges in this transitional phase of you know, let's say teacher-student, and saying that the indigenous are our teachers or our, or our, um, our mentors. Uh, what has been happening on the planet is that there is this newfound interest in the indigenous communities. Uh, one of the things that they have done is they have steadfastly uh, remained committed to those energies and understanding of them. They've remained committed to protecting their earth, especially in the areas that they've been, quote, allotted by um, the governments around the world. And they have been, the, they are the original environmentalists. And if environmentalists want to look at things, we should be going to talk to the indigenous people. They're the ones that understand truly how the energies of a river light works and what we need to do to bring it back into balance, you see. So their knowledge is becoming more and more and increasingly more important for us to hear. And through that process of them coming forward, there's been some, there's been some very dangerous things that have happened. And what I mean by dangerous is that for example, these prophecies that are being brought forward um, from different indigenous groups around the world, if we look at that, the, these prophecies are generally spoken about by, non, by a non-tribal member. So, you know, non-Mayan people are talking about it, non-Hopis are talking about it, non-Aborigines um, are talking about it. And it's an interpretation of, of an individual who believes, for whatever reason, that they have a deep understanding of it, because they may have even studied it for 20 years. But the problem is, is that what I have found in my own observance, in my own um, connection to some of these tribes, these really, really high, highly traditional, still intact tribes, is that, such as the Hopi and the Dogon and the Colombian Mamos, okay, for three of them that I've been had interactions with recently, um, is that when we tell a story of a prophecy, the prophecy is actually very large. It can be very large. It's not that we are going to have earthquakes. That's not the prophecy. The prophecy is connected. There's the story before it, during, and after the prophecy. 
what is it in that and why do they even have the prophecy? And that's something that we need to really be clear on. Prophecies are there to tell us where we are in the timeline. They're to tell us what it is that we need to pay attention to. They're there to tell us um, that there's still a choice. Like if we do, you know, if we follow the path to the left, we're going to be successful. If we follow the path to the right, we're going to probably walk into destruction. And so when these prophecies are brought forward, often we're not being given um, the tools. Okay, this is the key. The tools to walk the right path. And then what's being told is, oh, this is what's going to happen. Well, where are the tools? That's what I'd like to see the, all of these people talking about prophecy to bring forward. Where are the tools? And I'm not, and I want to make this clear, I'm not talking about some person saying, well, and I'm being very sarcastic here because it drives me absolutely, you know, over the edge. Well, we just need to be in our hearts and love each other. Yeah. No, we do not need to be in our hearts and love each other. We need to act. We need to act from a place of love. We need to have great honor and respect. And there are a number of people that are out there right now that are sending out this message of, quote, what I call the love and light that are not acting out of love and light and that are not giving the, the tools of how to move forward. So I hope that we can have a couple of minutes to talk about that, Peter. Well, absolutely. Let's do that now. I mean, so, so let's talk about the tools themselves. Um, well, you were involved, of course, you and I have been, <laughs> you and I started around the same time with this work of coming forward to the public. And we, of course, have grown and in our own understanding, obviously, and how to express ourselves uh, and our knowledge to the public. But what remains a constant for many people is that this understanding of unity and how we need to come together, whether it's spiritually physically, consciously, whatever the case may be. So one of the key one of the keys that we need to to look at is are we taking personal responsibility? Because when we even when we have collective meditations or prayers that are being done to restore the balance of the earth, which I know you're involved with, Peter. Yep. This this is a tool. This is a very important tool to restore the balance of the universal energies that are out there, the energies of ourselves and the Earth. So this is one of the things that we need to do. We can't just say, oh yeah, we should be meditating. Well, we it's our responsibility to do this and to keep our energies clear and clean within ourselves so that what the actions that we take, meaning being an being environmental, respecting other people, respecting their opinions, respecting uh, the earth itself, and then really seeking out others who are are active in the community that you're in in order to strengthen all of these um, aspects to start the local gardening community to start saving seeds natural heritage and heirloom seeds, to, um, to understanding that we're not here to be materialistic people. Yes, I, I want to live in a house. I want to have, I'd love to have running water and pillows and beds and, you know, even a television. 
but do I need to have five televisions? Do I need to have three cars? Do I need to have five couches? No. Do I need to have knickknacks stuffed in my cupboards? No. These are the kind of tools that we really need to um, sort of really bring forward even more so to the greater public. Uh, because with each enlightened individual, we have the potential to touch every other individual that we come into contact with. And it's not about forcing another person. It's about when you have someone in your home and it's a simple home and it's warm and it's friendly and it's, it has that energy of the spirit present, people will want to, people gravitate towards that. And that's one way of changing our world. When we plant a garden and we grow food and we share it with our neighbors and our people in our apartment buildings, if we have something growing on our balcony or, or the people in the community, this begins a, a, a chain reaction of, of, cha of global change. And this is something that people need to really understand. We can't just keep going to seminars, talking about love and light, talking about, you know, spiritual growth and not do not act by by giving your time to um, events that maybe have maybe are free to the public um, to educate them in some way to bring forward knowledge whether it's spiritual knowledge or intellectual knowledge that has the potential to create that spiral effect of change so these are some of the keys that I'd like to see um, more of the, the speakers um, out there talking about. Because it's, it's been a process of, it's been an interesting process to watch. And I'm sure that you would agree with this, Peter. Even in the last three or four years, there's been this massive jump of, you know, desire to, to have knowledge. But now it's gone almost to an extreme. Now everyone wants every single piece of information and knowledge that's out there. And they're, they're sort of skipped past themselves internally, in a sense. And it's only through that deep, deep, deep internal process of oneself that we can find the path that each individual um, can really make change on the planet. It, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it makes, it makes, it's another distraction, isn't it? That's the point. It's a distraction from what we're supposed to be doing, really. And Miriam, we're at our, our second break, so we'll take this break and we'll return with Miriam Delicado in a few moments. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I want to uh, tell you about a wonderful opportunity uh, that I'm to be involved in, in co-leading a sacred site trip to Egypt in the second half of February next year, 2012. Uh, I'm going with Finbar Ross, who has got a tremendous insight into leading sacred sites journeys, and we're going to be doing meditations and going to some of the most significant places uh, in Egypt. If you're interested in the itinerary or the details of that, please go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com. Have with me today Miriam Delicado, who's giving us a really, really powerful insight into the knowledge and wisdom that she has gained recently. And Miriam, I'm really interested to know, now that you have had this connection with a number of different, very uh, gifted and powerful indigenous groups from around the world, um, are their stories very similar? Are they interrelated? There is no question that um, all of them are interconnected in a way that <laughs> I think people I think that I think that people that are not familiar with indigenous culture would actually be shocked if they knew nothing about them. And then they were able to sit down and sort of jump around from tribe to tribe and hear what it is that they had to say about our world, the energy in it, um, prophecies that each one of these different tribes around the planet has had for anywhere, you know, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so it's really interesting um, to have the opportunity to hear some of the insights that they have. Um, with the Hopi, for example, <clears throat> and the prophecies that they have, they're one of the most talked about prophecies on the planet. And it's really sad, actually, that, uh, that, they're, that, that some of these cultures and their prophecies have been sort of used to create fear and panic within the world and within the, the, the universe itself. Because they do have similar prophecies, it's almost sometimes it seems like it's almost word for word, you know, the, the, the concept behind it. In other words, for example, they say that we would come to a time when uh, the people would seek out the indigenous people um, and their knowledge. And so they all have that and they all agree that now is the time that that's happening. But the rest of it is what is the purpose of it, right? So that's where people say, well, this is the prophecy. Well, that's not just it. It's about they will come to us, they will ask us to help them, and it's up to us to decide as Indigenous people whether they're even helpable or not. That's why, you know, will they listen? Because there's no point. Things get, again, this is where the dangerous part has been. This is where the danger was. They have been telling these, this information, but those relaying it have not necessarily been relaying it in its full context. And so they're still saying, well, do we give them more? Because this context, for example, I kind of had a chuckle about this. I'm going to backtrack for just a moment, Peter. Sorry. Sure, no problem at all. Carry on. Okay. Um, for example, 
I kind of had this, I kind of said something uh, to, to a Hopi recently. I said, man, that, that blue star prophecy is creating absolute instilled fear in people around the planet. And every time something's coming, like right now, a comet Elenin's coming, everybody's saying that's the blue star. This is this is that, and so on and so forth. And I'm getting emails from people around the world saying, are we all going to die? Is Elenin going to kill us? You know, and all of these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I recently said to a Hopi, um, you know, what, 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 do you, what is this? I said, and, and all these people are using Blue Star in order to instill fear in people. And I looked at them and I said, you know, I just want to apologize to you for making my book Blue Star Fulfilling Prophecy. Because that's the name of my book. And... You know, I didn't write the book, and it doesn't instill fear in people. It actually tells a positive message how the indigenous will play a role in the future and so forth. But it's it's something that unless we, as a collective out here in the quote what 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 I would call the conscious community, if we don't begin to respect these people at the highest level of respect that's possible, they're never going to be able to come forward and do the work. Do you see what I'm saying? So the prophecies say that there's this time when the people will come back to the indigenous people and ask them for their knowledge and ask to be taught. The question is, are we teachable? And there are people out there who say, oh, well, I spend all of this time with the indigenous people, and I am this, and I am that, and they tell me I am the prophesized one, I am, I am their, you know, I am their representer, you know, I am their teacher. It's like, hey, can we go back to humbleness? <laughs> can we go back to humility? Can we go back to looking within ourselves? Can we go back to understanding that we are interconnected? These really what I'm sharing here are not even the, these are not only the messages of the indigenous people, but they are the messages of these beings that I, that I had contact with to remain humble, to remain connected within and to remember that to remember who we are, we need to respect each other. And that doesn't come through authoritative actions. I would never dream of speaking on behalf of any tribe, no matter how much I was related to them. For example, um, uh, recently um, I have been absolutely honored, um, you know, I mean deeply honored and humbled in fact, to have had an opportunity in, uh, to speak with members of the, the Dogon tribe from Africa. And these people have had also a culture that is deeply, deeply, deeply rooted to our history, our ancient, ancient history. What's fascinating is that the Dogon culture, from what I learned from them, because I've spent time with them um, in the last couple of months, is that their history as Dogon, it, what they're really saying is this. Um, they, their history comes from the time of the pharaohs in Egypt. And the Dogon were the ones that were the master builders. They were the master farmers. They were the master silversmiths, goldsmiths. This is who, quote, Dogon are. 
they were a, a, a group of people that were the masters of everything, okay? So Dogon, during that time of the pharaohs, when they were being invaded, left Egypt, and they spread out all over Africa. And they, they have still kept those master lineages, including the master of, you know, the priesthood, the ones that kept the knowledge of the pharaohs. And it is something that they have stated that they still have intact, is that knowledge through generational, generational sharing over and over again. And these are one of the peoples that I have been blessed, blessed to be, um, to have this interaction with. And I have found that their knowledge is so much in alignment with what I was, what was shared with me during the spiritual experience with these ETs, you know, in, in 1988. And that the history of humanity and the, the future of humanity, from what I've, I've heard them share up to this point, is very much um, based on the same information. And so it's, it gets very interesting, Peter. What are we all doing? That ah, is that the was, question. That is the big question. So what is, <laughs> what's the answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> Did I get a little psychic flash there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so what is it that we are all doing? Well, it can really, we could get very in-depth in this and say that as a universal whole, this is my interpretation, not Dogon interpretation, okay? So just to be clear on that, um, or, or Hopi or Mamas or, you know, Aborigines or anyone else in the world. But, but from the knowledge that I received from the, these star beings, it's this, is that the universe was created. And as it was being created, different life forms were created on different levels of existence. Now, when we come to the earth itself, we are in this reality that we are in. And really, our, our, our under... Hmm, let me stop for a moment. Hmm, how can I explain this? It's a big concept of what we're really doing. Um, <clears throat> being in a human body and on earth is a specific experience within the universe. Okay? It's a very specific experience. When we come to the earth, the experience can be very good or it can be very bad. When we come here, if we keep our energies clear and clean, we, the experience that we have will be in harmony and balance with the earth and with the universe itself. What has happened is that humanity has lost touch with that inner self, with those inner energies, and we've become blocked up. The Dogon explain this exceptionally well, um, and they call it some they call it the Bayuali, which is the energy of the universe from the earth to the human to the somewhere in the universe and then back through. It's like a, a flow of energy. And I encourage everyone to go to the website bluestarprophecy.com and down below on the right hand side you'll see a, a link to where it says Dogon and you click on that you'll find some of the interviews that they've done recently talking about the Bayou Ali and this Bayou Ali as they call it is, is the same understanding that I have which is that 
we must have the flow of the energy of the earth through us and not allow it to stop. And I've always done my meditations this way, is to bring the energy up through my feet, through my body, through my spirit as well, through all of those things, out into the universe, and then have the energies of the universe moving through me, through my, the top of my head, back down through my feet, back into the earth. Well, the first time I heard the, uh, the um, Jogon speak of the Bayou energy, I went, wow, that's exactly the same. So what is the purpose of all of this? Well, um, well actually, Miriam, we're coming up to our, our final break, so we'll, we'll take the break and then we'll come back to the purpose of this on our return in a moment. It's uh, Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. We're having a fascinating discussion today with Miriam Delicado. And Miriam, you're involved in the Awake and Aware conference, which I think starts tomorrow, doesn't it, or very soon? Yes, um, Awake and Aware with Project Camelot in uh, the Los Angeles area in California, and it starts on Friday, September 23rd, goes 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And I'm looking forward to it because on Sunday at 8.30 um, on the 25th, I will be having a one-hour presentation and uh, 10 to 15 minutes of that presentation, I am handing over to um, one of the Dogon, who will be talking about time and space. So oh, right. if anyone's interested in listening, um, they, there is a live stream, and it will be available after the conference as well, I believe. So it's going to be fantastic. And I'm really hoping to have one of the Dogon uh, representatives on this show in the future as well. I believe that's actually going to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll look forward to that. So, Miriam, back to where we were, where you were talking about the, the, the energy of the universe and the earth and that flow and, and that per And you were going to start talking about the purpose of all this. Yes, the purpose is that we as human beings, every time we're born into the body here and we come into this existence, this is my understanding, okay? This is my understanding, is that, that I was given by the, the, these star beings. Um, we come here to experience a specific type of reality. And the purpose of our existence is to be able to experience uh, 
different aspects of life in a way that allows us to study it, for example. Because when we're in another, when we're in the dream world, or we're in um, the world of the dead, as they say, the Dogon say, or we're in these different realities, um, such as the star beings and where they are, what happens is there's a, an absolute understanding of interconnectedness. And a lot of people can relate to this because of their meditations and maybe someone's experienced a near-death experience or something like that. You just get it. Everything's present. In this reality, we have the ability to look at a flower and stare at it for an entire lifetime and still be able to learn from that flower or even the petal of a flower or, the, or a color, whatever the case may be. So the purpose is really to have an experience when we come here. The issue that we're facing right now is that on the planet, <clears throat> we have lost touch with being able to allow ourselves to have that experience. We're kind of becoming dead inside and numb. This is where the, the, the distraction of the material world is coming in, and we're not paying attention to the Earth. So the purpose of why we're all coming together right now, collectively, consciously, in this um, movement that's taking place around the planet, is really about reconnecting the spiritual self with the earth and the universe. And whether someone believes, I, I mean, I've said this over and over, whether someone believes in, quote, God, or the gods, or the other worlds, is really not as important as are they connected within themselves spiritually to have respect and honor for all of life. So in the last uh, 30 years, of course, there's been massive changes. In the last 100 years, there's been massive changes. And we've gone through this exceptional jump and leap of understanding just within the last three to four years again. Massive jump in conscious understanding of who we are, where we're from, where we're going. Now, this brings us to the work that you, obviously, are doing with the consciousness and how you're holding, um, having groups of people work with that energy of aligning the, the axis of humanity and the earth and then the universal energies, which is what we've talked about a little bit between ourselves, and also projects that are taking place and people are being driven to follow a certain path. Uh, of, of work, for example, and where people are leaving um, jobs that are destructive in order to create jobs, physical jobs, that are maybe in farming or even conscious education or um, for myself right now and a large group of people, in fact, um, creating something called The Great Gathering. And this is about The Great Gathering of Humanity. It's talking about the indigenous, the children, um, the people from around the world who are wanting to connect with each other. There's a massive project that I've been working on for the last two years, and the website is going to be launched to the public no later than November 15th. We finally have a date. Oh, congratulations. Oh, wow. I only found that out uh, two days ago. Talked to the web designer and said, look, let's launch it. We'll continue to work on it together with the team that we have in place, but thegreatgathering.org will be up and in place for the public to view and participate on by November 15th of 2011. And what this is really is talking about the purpose of everything, and that's this. Education through 
um, the scientists, the children, the indigenous, the environmental movements, the spiritual movements, through meditation, through prayer, through connecting individuals, groups, organizations around the globe to understand that we are connected and this is a very small planet. And through this education, we will find positive solutions to our issues as a planet. Positive solutions. We have gone through a process in the last few, four years, five years, ten years, of what I would call <laughs> the education of, hey, screaming out, we've got a problem. We have a problem. We have a problem. This is what the problem is. This is what the problem is. We're now working, going through not um, not the time of choice, but the time of transitional change. That's the time that we've stepped into. The time of transitional change requires action. It requires that we act on the choices that we've made. In other words, if you have made a choice within your entire being that you want to see change, then you are making the choice of now is the time to create the change. So every individual is being called upon in many different ways to make to act on the choices that they have already made internally through their spiritual um, work to follow the path that uh, they are being led to be to follow whether it's through God the gods creator ETs any of those things to have balance between the earth the animals the existence that's here between yourself and all of humanity between yourself and your belief structure. And that's what we're doing. Finding wow. that energetic flow. Well, that's beautiful. What a, and we're all, we're almost at the end of the show, not quite. So that's actually a beautiful a beautiful summary. So the greatgathering.org is going to be up on, on November the 15th, and that will involve actual, real, physical action projects. What we are looking for through this website is not for the people at the Great Gathering to say, this is what we're going to do, but we're inviting the world to come and participate. And by coming and participating, we will be, we will, once we find funding, okay, be creating projects around the world that have a pay it forward system to create a change through a spiral effect. We're inviting people to bring their events and put them onto the website. And through placing your event on the website that is focused on humanity or the earth, it will then create a thread in a forum area where people can begin to discuss that, that event. And bringing people together in their communities and saying, I am living in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I want to find people that are interested in um, global meditations you know, or, or whatever the case may be, you'll be able to interact with people in your local area. It's about giving a space, Peter. It's about giving a space and saying, this is your space. What will you choose to do with it? What information and knowledge can you bring to this website that other people from around the world will then be able to utilize in some way to create a project of their own? And that's what this is about, connecting Wonderful. ideas and thoughts and people to bring about physical changes. So it's a, it's a very well thought out, <laughs> I think it's a very well thought out <laughs> website. I certainly hope that other people will enjoy it and use it and utilize it 
for their projects, for their ideas, for their thoughts, for their intentions, and for um, restoring the balance of our planet. So, Miriam, we're at the end of the show. That's a great conclusion, and it's been an absolutely wonderful hour spent with you. I really appreciate the work that you're doing, your courage and your bravery, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, let's see where we end up in another three or four years from now. <laughs> well, we won't take that long. <laughs> So my guest next week is Neil Kramer, who has a wealth of uh, knowledge and information, a very bright guy who's going to be talking about dissolving the shadow, working with our inner alchemy to transform and awaken. Uh, it's another step on our journey through this awakening to conscious co-creation. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a great week. Enjoy the equinox. It's Peter for awakening to conscious co-creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.